1: Well, thank you so much for joining us on Take 10. I'm Ron Aaron along with Carol Zerniel, a nationally known gerontologist, and Dr. Jamie Heisman, nationally known psychotherapist and expert on caregiving as well. He, he deals with all kinds of issues that revolve around caregiving. And Carol Zerniel, you've got one for us now.
2: Well, I do. I, you know, I have the pleasure of sitting on the Ray's Family Caregiving Advisory Council which uh, is under the Department of Health and Human Services. And we as a council just released our recommendations to the United States Congress saying, these are the things that we need to do uh, to support caregivers. What was interesting is what we had planned out several caregivers to speak at this announcement, at the release of this report. And um, over the course of the past year, we'd spoken to 25 caregivers. Well, of those 25, one of whom was supposed to speak, three of them had lost their loved one by the time we finished the report. Which made me start thinking about post caregiving and how we hadn't really addressed that. I don't we haven't we're we're worried about the caregiving situation, but that last little piece is the caregiver as they are no longer a caregiver. And Jamie, you're one of the few people I've heard actually speak to that. What is it when you're loved, you're no longer a caregiver, either the person gets well or they're no longer with us, or they don't, you know, they move, whatever. Um, what is it that about no longer being a caregiver that we need to maybe think about it in, as opposed to just nothing or not a caregiver anymore? What happens?
3: Well, you know, guess what? We did something last week, I believe it was about jobs and caregiving. It so fits this picture, right? Basically when a caregiver passes, loses their loved one, they've also lost their job, right? They're invested mind, body, and spirit. This is the way we are as human beings and as employees, as we talked about in our last uh, segment last week, that we really kind of have this dysfunctional way of looking at things. We work and, and work till we drop. But as caregivers, when we lose a loved one, We've not just lost our loved one, we've lost our full-time job as well. So we're dealing with grief and we're dealing with loss with our loved one. Often the caregivers can sometimes grieve even before their loved one is gone. But in terms of the loss of the job, no, 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 that's fresh. That hits us. That reactivity really hits us. And sometimes it turns into a complicated grief response. And that literally means sometimes it could connect with depression, even worse.
2: Uh, so we don't really think about maybe being depressed about no longer being a caregiver because sometimes we're just so in the thick and we think if we could just stop, but then when we stop, we still feel not like ourselves.
3: No, we don't. We are creatures of habit in our brain. We have what's called, you know, that temporal lobe that we kind of anchor things in our mind. We get used to habits and we default back to the habit, you know, kind of like neurolinguistic programming, which is a whole nother sort of segment we can do. But it sticks in our mind. So we really feel that we've lost something when we should be elated, right? In some ways, after we go through the grief or loss, not elated about the loss, but elated, maybe we can return back to our our jobs, our lives, with the beautiful spirit and memory of our loved one, we instead start going south. And we really do get triggered in a way that is now kind of gets a roller coaster going downhill. So I do say if any caregiver out there can actually identify with what you're asking here and what we're saying, you know, if this lasts longer than a normal period of grief and loss, which it can, you'd really need to go get assessed and evaluated by a good psychiatrist and look at this as a complicated grief reaction. Okay. So it will trigger our complex this. PTSD. Tell us about it. Ron After my
1: dad out. passed away, uh he'd been dealing with dementia and my mom had been the caregiver. He died and she felt terribly alone and uh, in in many ways, uh, terribly depressed. And so my brother, who's a like you, a Ph.D. psychologist, uh, talked to her and and said, you know, mom, uh, I think you're depressed. You really you're depressed. And she said, of course, I'm depressed. Your dad's dead. I have nothing to do. I don't know what to do with my life. Yes. But she wouldn't go for help.
3: So it's not your father's passing, God rest his soul, because that we are totally powerless over, right? May his memory be a blessing, right? Yeah. May his memory be a blessing, but what she's saying, which is very clear very real, very authentic. I lost my job. Right. I lost it. What do you right. want me to do? You know, I'm exactly. in this abyss now. I, 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 this thing that I was supposed to do this kind of thankless sort of thing, which I did take relish in. Cause it was my husband. I'm getting in her head here now right. I, what I'm going to do. So uh, it, it makes sense. Just if you think about it and put yourself in the patient or in this case, your mother's uh, shoes, You can really understand this malaise. And and that's why it's so critical for us. And Carol, it's a great question. To plan ahead. A, we don't plan ahead that we're going to be caregivers, unfortunately, get the therapy we need. We don't plan ahead now about the loss of our loved one. But if we got some mental health and got to a safe place and we're able to process all of these things, maybe we could just start planning for what could go wrong. Because, you know, as caregivers, we should know if, if it's going to happen, it's probably going to go wrong.
2: If you just yeah. joined us with Caregiver SOS on air and take 10 and we're talking with Dr. Jamie Heisman on our take 10 segment about what happens when you're no longer a caregiver. And so uh, Jamie, sometimes I, th- I think about my friends who have been raising their children and their children are the center of the universe and they pour themselves into their children. And then that day comes that the child goes mm. out of the house and they Absolutely. don't know who they are anymore. And so my philosophy has always tended to be to save a little bit of me, you know, all along the way, regardless of the situation, so that I still have an anchor, something that I recognize as myself, regardless of what the external circumstances are.
1: What would Absolutely.
2: that be? What, do you, what, what would, would that, that anchor be? Well, I mean, there's something, um, it's, Trying to make sure that there's something I enjoy, something that gives me joy. It can be a tiny little thing, you know, whether it's sitting down and reading a book for 15 minutes, getting one chapter a day done. It could be something as small as that, but it's something that's mine, that I enjoy, um, that happens regardless of what the world is spinning
3: Oh you know Carol, you just put this together again, like you did before last week with work and and caregivers. Listen, I see more patients, obviously here's the two times when somebody goes to college, when a kid literally is looking back and and they don't necessarily have the resilience and self esteem that's when things happen addiction, you know eating disorders all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. Well, for an adult, it's the emptiness syndrome, exactly the same way, and that's when they come in to see us well my life is lost here, so you're Prescription, your antidote is exactly right. Along the way, it's almost like, hey, Ron, you lost your clock. Okay, guess what? Caregivers lose their clock, their <laughs> rhythm. They can't see it. They, they and yet they're tied to that clock. And and like Carol says right now, that just means that uh, they're, they're, the the emptiness phenomena is there, and so. We have to game plan for life shifts and changes. And the empty nest thing is just what Carol says, build up a resilience bank account. I don't think there's any difference to that than a caregiver who also knows this time may one day be here and that we have to build up a resilience bank account, just like Carol described.
1: What you're also describing is do something for yourself.
3: Exactly. And if you're not doing it for yourself, you're missing the whole point of caregiving because here's it. And I'll leave you with this and Carol, you can, that last word. The gig is simple. If you're not taking care of yourself, that loved one you're taking care of who is anxious, depressed, going through an acute, chronic, or terminal illness is going to feel unsafe. They're going to feel fearful and anxious. So guess what? Taking care of yourself, filling that resilience bank account is the best thing you could do for your loved one's care. They're going to feel safe. They're going to feel thankful they're in your presence. And guess what? You'll have something left, God forbid, when their loved, your loved one goes to then build a life with, just like Carol had mentioned.
1: Well, I like that. Yeah, you
2: know, I think you know. In closing, uh, um, you know, if if we build our whole world around any one thing, right? It's just like we need to diversify our portfolio of investments. It's we got to have a colorful plate of all different kinds of things on our plate our life also has to be a little more diverse than just caregiving otherwise as Jamie says we're going to be off balance we're not going to have air, all the nutrients all of the color that we need in our life so that we can go for the long run that marathon that we always talk about running That is. I like that.
1: well thank you all for listening to Take 10 for Carol Zernal and Dr. Jamie Heisman I'm Ron Aaron. We'll talk to you soon.